today we're talking about a horror film from Japan. Have you guys thought of any other regions of the world you'd like to see a horror film from? I've never seen one from, like, I don't think I've ever seen any Russian horror. And I feel like I haven't seen a lot of South American horror either. I think either of those would be really cool, like, for me, just to see what their culture finds scary. Um, I'd be down. You know, I also obviously have not even Google searched for these type of movies <laughs> in the, this era of time. It is very easy to find different horror movies if I were smarter and better at my job, but uh, but I haven't. So that's probably where I would like to explore next. Yeah, I can't think of a single one either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see something from Transylvania. Oh, yeah. They're always getting that the cliche of like, oh, Vlad the Impaler is over here, guys. You know, what would they come up with? <laughs> Their horror movie is basically like, oh, no, America's made another movie about vampires. We're <laughs> boned. Um, well, they came up with that movie, like Draft House played it. I don't know if it was a Draft House like, produced or not, but it's called The Field Guide to Evil. And it was like um, a little anthology of a bunch of different um, directors doing like little horror films. Mm -hmm. Uh, from all around the world. I didn't get to see it, but um, I know they have like a, a wide variety of like locations from where these uh, these came from. So that might be something you want to check out is the Field Guide to Evil. I will uh, add it to the list. But yeah, I can't think of anything really either. I mean, international film is very interesting. The fact that like sometimes it really hits for me and sometimes it's just like, oh, I just don't get it. Yeah. It's very interesting to see what other cultures, like how they are exploring and navigating some of the same things that we are here in America. You know, I think this movie, Pulse, is a good example of that because you see that a lot in, I think, the mid-90s, early 2000s Japanese horror films of, like, technology has a ghost in it or a spirit in it that's going to come out. And uh, and then I don't really think, except for when we ripped them off, you had that same kind of, you know, cultural fear here. In America, it's more someone's going to use technology to drive you out in a field and kill you. Yeah. You also have to rely on the subs or the True. dubs being accurate. And a lot of times, you know, they'll have words that don't have the same meaning over here. Yeah. So a lot of times when, you know, particular plot points are explained, it doesn't quite translate right. You know? Yes. Well, didn't we run into that with um, high tension? Like the dub and the sub both playing at the same time were like very different. It yeah. was like, oh, wait, that's not even close to what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I normally when I watch like a foreign horror film, will then try to read about it online to fill in some of those blanks because I'm hoping hopefully like a native speaker that's also an American can help carry me along the rest of the way. And thankfully with the Internet, we have, you know, access to folks like that who do kind things. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> Listeners, if you have any suggestions for us, please let us know. We're always looking to expand Absolutely. our horizons. Another thing about Pulse that I thought was interesting um, is, and just the just once again, this genre of Japanese horror, like it's just so interesting culturally how American horror films are a lot based on fear one another. And like in this, at least in this, during this particular era, the Japanese films are more about fear the technology itself. I think it just speaks probably a lot to, you know, our different countries. I think it's similar to the fact that mostly it all comes like there was a lot of like fear the external force and a lot of American stuff. But like I think there was a lot of like fear the unknown. Yeah. And I think that applied to a lot of American film too. I just think that, you know, I don't feel like we were as existential about a lot right. of it, you know, like. I'm trying know. to think like what was 2001 in American horror? Oh, it, it was, uh, well, not horror particular, but it was all about hacking. Oh, the hackers yeah. are going to get you. You know, that misconception that it was just like you hack anything you want with a computer and a keyboard. Of course. I really wanted this movie at any point to turn into like Japanese hackers. Yeah. Well, they, like, they teased okay. you. I know. They did at one point. She's like, you're being hacked. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Well, I learned the Japanese word for hackers is hackers. So <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know if there's any Japanese remakes of American movies. 
Oh, that's a great question. Like, did they go make? Well, we're gonna do one later, Paranormal Three or whatever oh, it is. Yes, that's right. That's a that's a sequel to an American film. But yeah, do other countries remake American films? They, they did for uh, Italy. Did a lot. Yeah, like a lot of like they were off Jaws a bunch. I mean, oh, that's a tremendous question, Mark. I think we've opened up a door. We got to go find out. Yeah, what's agreed. Up Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Joined, joined by Garrett and I'm John. Mark. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you guys know what's who, up. Who am I? No. <laughs> it's an existential question answered. <laughs> How you guys doing? Oh, it's a cloudy Sunday, but doing all right. Yeah. My ears are ringing, so I'm a little disoriented. I went to a very loud rock show last night. Stayed oh. up well past my bedtime. That was like the oldest sentence you've ever said. <laughs> That's <is>. pretty old. <laughs> to a loud rock show. Uh, I'm usually in bed by nine after lubies. <laughs> no. Um, otherwise, I'm doing good, too. Um, you guys been up to anything? Watch anything new you want to tell us about? No. Not that I want to tell you about. No, I'm just, I, haven't, I haven't had a lot of time, unfortunately, so I haven't been uh, crushing through horror movies as much as I would like. I saw a trailer for a movie called Underwater, um, which actually looks really interesting. It's oh, like a horror. Kristen Stewart? Uh, maybe I girl from Twilight. I, I guess I know it's got her. It's got T.J. Miller from like Silicon Valley. Uh, those are a couple of people you like recognize once you saw the trailer. But like it, it started out very like cliche, and I was like, oh, so we've got the Abyss meets you know the Meg meets all this. I was like, okay, let's see. But the trailer looks really good. I was like, okay, this actually looks really interesting. And it's like ghost people or ghost monsters hmm. or something like that on the bottom of maybe not ghosts, but like they're definitely oh, like. Oh, I did see the trailer for this movie. Yeah, they're like in a, a space station underwater. Well, yeah, like it's like basically a drilling station. Yeah. Like we drilled into the the heart of the Earth and we uncovered this thing, and now we've got to like. Like, the trailer looked really interesting. Yes. I was it was like, with Kristen Stewart, yes. Okay, cool. I'm looking forward to that one. It looks pretty good. I was put off at first when I found out she was in it, and I was like, well, I can't always like right. grade her on something that long ago, you know? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm going to accept Robert Pattinson as Batman, I have to do both ways, right? So Exactly. I don't uh, think she's a bad actress. I just think that role was not a role that we were going to ever relate to. <laughs> she just always seems so emo. Yeah, That's I mean, she does have it's because her. we know her from like the Twilight movie no, but where even she played in any like interview she's ever done yeah. on TV. Oh, like, never outside s- of that, she just seems so emo. What was that movie she was in with the uh, the guy who like got hit in the head and became a sec- like a super soldier? What? what? <laughs> you don't remember? It, it was like a comedy. I don't. It doesn't matter. The point is, she plays that everywhere. I think I had like Jesse Eisenberg or the other person who looks just like him. Doesn't matter. Uh, thanks to Letterbox, I did. I do have a movie that I now remember that I watched. This is how remember or memorable it was. Uh, from In Search of Darkness, I jotted down a lot of movies, and I watched Chopping Mall. Finally, oh, that's on the list now. Yeah. That was going to be my like. It's uh, on Shutter as okay. of, as of recording. It's on Shutter. It's uh, also on uh, Amazon because I just had to buy it on Blu-ray the other day because I was like, <laughs> it's not streaming anywhere. And I bought it, and then I was like, I looked, and I was like, oh wait, there it is. Ooh, what a film. What a film. Love that movie. That is classic <laughs> craziness right there. Yeah. I mean, it was cool to see a mall, I guess, from the 80s. That was interesting. Uh, the, but, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. We're going to get into that Shop one. Shopping mall was, a, was an adventure, I, I'll say. It was very Oh, come 80s. on. You know you had fun with that. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it came out the same year I was born, so it's good to know what was going on uh, <laughs> while I was being born. What were the malls like when I was zero? Yeah. I've been watching a Netflix series called Marianne. I highly recommend it. I'm about four episodes in. Mm -hmm. I won't give too much away, but if you guys are 
looking for something to watch this Halloween season, definitely check it out. It's a foreign film, a foreign show. Show, yeah. From France. Uh, it's kind of like In the Heart... What is that one with Sam Neill? In the Heart of Darkness? Yes. Um, it's like that mixed with Possession. Yeah, I'd watched the first episode on Mark's recommendation, um, and it grabbed me. I'm going to probably finish watching it. it. I agree with Mark. It's it's an interesting premise and very intimidating, I think. I like... And it's like so many things mashed together. I'm pretty impressed with it. I think you're going to have a hard time with it, Garrett. Probably. There's a lot of jumping out, mirror horror, oh, all yeah. that stuff. Oh, At least in episode one, you see a fair amount of elderly nudity. You know, like nudity stuff doesn't really bother me too much. It's the mirror stuff that will mess with me more. All right, this will get you then. Do not enjoy the mirror <laughs> jump scares. Recommended. Check it out. Um, also watched one called Body Bags. Ooh. With John Carpenter, he's it's like another anthology series. You guys ever <laughs> oh, seen that one? I watched it also thanks to In oh, Search of okay. Darkness. Yes, that one I did like. <laughs> one of them has Mark Hamill in it, mm-hmm. and he gets in an accident and loses his eye, and he gets his eye replaced. But it was an eye of like uh, a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> so then all he sees is like killing his wife over and over in his mind. Oh wow! So then he has to like pluck it out with some garden shears. It's very intense. Yeah. Jeez, that was definitely an '80s thing where you're gonna. There was one about a hand, right? Where yes. it, yeah, you, your hand replaced hand. and he became a mer- idle hands. You know, so things we just don't understand. It could never happen, even if you did it. Right? Like, why would the memories and like whatever? Like a brain <laughs> would make sense, but why? Yes. Yeah, why would someone's like soul still be in their eye? We go now to our soul expert. <laughs> Breaking news: horror premise doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> One bit of news I wanted to bring up, unless uh, you guys had anything else you wanted to share. Nope. Sam Raimi is going to direct a horror film for the first time in like a decade. And it's going to be written by the guys who did Freddy vs. Jason. I'm excited. I liked Freddy vs. Jason. It was a fun movie. I do too. (laughs) Garrett? (laughs) Interesting. Um, You know, could be cool. I mean, Freddy vs. Jason wasn't, it wasn't terrible, other than the fact that the rave in the cornfield... It was like the best part. Uh, a, a sign of its time. <laughs> and then also the fact that, you know, like I get a hit, now you get a hit. I get a hit, oh, now you get a hit, which we just, knew was yeah. going to happen with like, we can't make our guy look worse than the other guy. That's the flaw of every verse type thing in every medium ever. Yeah. But overall, I mean, I don't think it was a bad film. So I mean, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I think if anything, you can agree that the premise to get those two monsters together was pretty good. Yes. Like the way he had to go enlist Jason to, just, to do killings to get the town to remember Freddy. To give I did like that. Back. So yeah. I think there's something to be excited about there. The concept was solid. Yeah. Hopefully it's an original horror, so some new horror would be nice. So there's not a lot of details yet, but it's being described as misery meets castaway. Okay. Sounds terrifying. Okay. But we're looking forward to that, and I'll let you know more about it as it becomes available. But today we're talking about 2001's Pulse, also known as Cairo or Cairo? Yeah, I think it's Cairo. Cairo. This one was directed by the famous horror director, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. You guys familiar with his films? No. Done a lot of stuff. Sad to say that I am also pretty ignorant on his uh, filmography. I do want to watch more now that I've seen this, though. I wonder if I've seen any of them just not recognizing the name. Yeah. So this one didn't come out in America until 2005, right? Is that what we found out? Uh, yes. Originally released in, two th- released in 2001. Sitting at a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 54 critics, and 60% of the audience liked it, 11,935 people. Wow. Man, well, it, mu- it really lost something not coming out until 2005. It's such a product of its time. Like, watching it now, it felt way dated. But even in 2005, a lot of the things that it... 
presented as new or novel were already old hat, you know, like, I don't know, the internet. <laughs> yeah, I all the dial-up stuff. By 05, we were already moving over to cable internet. Yeah, so. exactly. It had to be, it had to be, this was the time when they were scooping up all the properties that were like popular horror franchises yeah. over there. Because I think like, when did it, I don't know when the, the ring, ring came The Ring and the Grudge would have, the Ring would have already came out. The Grudge was either about to be released or had just been released. So yeah, they were just yeah, like, give me is, whatever. I guarantee this is like, like, we'll scoop it all up and we'll just release what we can. And then as things like started hitting, they were just like, dump it all out. Yeah. Because that's a, it was a, every, it released almost everywhere else in the world by like 2003. And yeah. it didn't have, it hit the US until 2005. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, that's a big jump. The Ring was 02, and then we got Dark Water, which was another one that mm-hmm. got remade over here, um, and then The Grudge was 04. Okay. So this one definitely, it should have come out first. I feel yes, like it was made this, first. Knowing this time frame, that I guarantee this was like a people still want this. What else do we have in our pocket? You yeah. Know, like what else can we grab real quick and like re-release? Well, here's what the back of the DVD has to say about Pulse. Before The Grudge, before Dark Water, there was Pulse, one of the scariest films ever made from the master of Japanese horror, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. A group of young friends is rocked by the sudden suicide of one of their own. When his ghostly image appears on their computer screens, something far more horrifying is unleashed. The terror mounts as more deaths and disappearances occur. Kurosawa's Pulse is a psychologically unsettling tale, which effects will endure long after the chills have subsided. Hmm. I thought it was very clever wording there. It is one of the scariest films ever produced from the maker, you know, so it's like this guy's scariest film that he's ever produced. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that broad blanket it and it's like yeah. the scariest film ever made. It's like, okay, this dude right here in this fine little space. <laughs> it's his scariest film. I messed up and have, I usually have subtitles on most of the movies I watch just mm-hmm. because I don't like to miss anything or like to like catch all the little like subtle nuances yeah. of dialogue. And um, this movie had double subtitles. It had subtitles built into it. <laughs> and then it also had the subtitles I had on. So it was like most of the screen was just text of like duplicate subtitles. I was like, oh, I got to turn one of these off. And I realized I had to turn mine off because yeah. I just like couldn't do the movie. <laughs> well, this movie came out at the time that we were still paying by the hour for the internet in a lot of places. Unless you had 100 AOL discs with yeah. 80 hours free. <laughs> yeah, I think by 2001, AOL was getting close to, if it hadn't already, it was almost like unlimited for 20 bucks a month, but it was still dial up. The Dreamcast had come out. So, yeah, that's true. Like the Dreamcast had brought, like, you know, like online gaming. I think that was the first time online yeah. gaming like was a thing. For and a even, console. Yeah. And even then, it was kind of like, oh, this is pretty straightforward. This is pretty easy. It was like super easy to connect. And some of the movie just handles this stuff like, what a foreign concept. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Yeah, We're familiar with this. Like it would have made more sense coming out in like 1996 than 2001. This movie starts off just straight in, like on a ship. Yeah, very interesting choice. And I was like, okay. Because I thought that was, I was like, oh, this is about like kids and like the internet, you know, like college kids and the internet. And I was like, what the hell are we doing on a ship? <laughs> And it starts like a very noir-esque, like, it was about that time it all started. And I was like, whoa. So there I was, looking at the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys want to stumble through the names of all the actors and actresses of this? You can at least name the characters, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but for their sake, maybe we, if you're very interested, check out IMDb, I'd suggest. Because this is, I think, would be very tough for poor Mark. (laughs) All right, so I I didn't even know the female's name until the end of the movie. It's uh, Kiro, Cairo. Junko. There's Junko. They scream that about a hundred yeah, times. Yes, so I learned that, so I knew name. that name. 
in Kawashima. He was the surfer guy. Okay. Who made it to the end. And yes. Haru. Haru, or, yeah. Haru, Haru, or I can't remember how that is, but like the girl who, the internet girl. Yeah, I liked her. It's tech support. <laughs> uh, boss man. <laughs> the boss, yes. <laughs> Credited in, uh, as in IMDb as boss. Nice. <laughs> That's the only way they ever refer to him, I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think they ever say his name. Because she's on the phone at one point. It's like, I'm looking for the boss. And it's like, does nobody know this guy's name? Yeah. Is he like... Is my boss there? Like, wait, who are you? And... Uh... Well, the movie starts off with the, the dial-up sound, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Someone commits suicide. Taguchi, I think. One of the people from the flower shop is going to. Fi- okay, is that a flower shop? We couldn't yeah. figure out what the hell that they was. They sell flowers because they call. They, when she's calling around, she calls. Oh, it's Sunny Flowers Sales or whatever. Oh, okay. Because I was like, this looks like a makeshift like like greenhouse on top of a, a roof, and I was like, where is this? I was like, this can't be a store because it's on the roof of some place. No, it's a it's a florist or an orchard, I guess. But they do sell flowers. I think that's okay. the premise of their business um i spent the whole movie not knowing what they were doing in that building it's <laughs> like what is this operation are they in college are they not in college we like what is well i don't think the floral people were in college they were just college aged i guess but um but they are just florists who well, no offense to the florists out there <laughs> but they are florists doing florist stuff which apparently involves watering and moving orchards in and out of a greenhouse but then they also had the friend that was working on the lab and they were all waiting for a disc. And so I thought they were like also like yeah, they were, scanner, yeah, not scanners, but sense. like... Why would florists need data from a disc? Yeah, uh, could have been a spreadsheet for their sales. Maybe it was a flatliners type situation there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. They didn't really go into what was on the disc, but she mostly went over there to check because the guy... Uh, had been acting really strange and withdrawn and sullen. And I think she just used the disc as like a reason to go check in on him. Except her friend, the male was like, did you get that disc? Like, did we get, did we get the disc that we've been waiting on? And it's like, what was on this disc? Pictures of him. Clearly. But yeah, <laughs> like they, one of the girls goes over to get the disc. I think the disc is just a MacGuffin. I don't think we need to pry into the disc. And this part <laughs> was really kind of fucked up because she goes there and she's like, Hey, we've been worried about you. Like she starts searching his apartment, can't see anything. And then like he, creeps up out of like the back area where he's just been sitting quietly watching her walk to the apartment i was like okay that's a little weird but really well done yeah it was really like well shot really well and then she's like hey are you okay he's like yeah i'm fine i think everything all right it was kind of foreshadowy in the sense that he's all blurry and blackened when you see him through that you know from behind her which sort of foreshadows what happens to everybody in a sense yes it definitely was like the the transition was there visually which i thought was really cool yeah because you like you said that theme plays throughout the rest of the film uh once you've been affected by whatever it is man he waits till she's there and then he's all like yeah i'm cool no worries she's like Where's that disc? And she, he's like, oh, it's over in the pile. She goes, look for it. He hangs himself immediately. Yeah. Like he waits until she gets there to kill himself. And I was like, that's really uncool, dude. And that scene. Like, like that's that. really messed up. And like this movie doesn't have a very high body count, but from what it does, it does not turn away. It does not like, I mean, that hanging scene was super, super intense. I think like you saw his neck is stretched yeah, and you're like, whoa, very hard to watch. It does have a high body count, but it's implied. All right, fair point. See yes. A lot of it. In fact, I think this movie is almost a disaster film. It disguised becomes like an apocalypse movie, movie yes. almost. Yeah. At like the last ten minutes, it is an apocalyptic film. It took a turn at the end. I was like, "Oh, we have just gone full ape shit here." Yeah, very weird. <laughs> so know, the more that I sit here and think about it, I bet that their florist shop is just a front for the yakuza. 
I mean, I think it's just a city, right? <laughs> so they had to put shit in weird places because that's just where people. Maybe the shops downstairs and they just take care of the plants up on the roof because they can get sunlight and everything oh, there. I think Garrett just cracked the code. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, why yeah. not? Thank you, Professor. Yep. <laughs> no problem, you guys. You Maybe know. we can move past this part now. <laughs> But yeah, so she gets the disc and then she goes back and gives it to him. And I couldn't tell at this point if it was like a day, two days or what, but they're all sitting at the table and they're like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just really bummed about, you know, him killing himself. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I've been there. I get to those times where I want to kill myself too. And the other girl's like, we should just get over this. And I was like, wow, it's been like two days. You guys are like... I mean, like, hey, everyone deals with things differently, but I'm like, cool. We I got plants to water. We ain't got time to yeah. mope about. I had assumed it was the next morning. Like, I didn't it seemed like it was really fast because yeah. they were still like, oh, here's that disc. And I was like, this had to be like pretty but it, right away. I mean, but there had to be a time jump because they didn't even talk about his funeral or burial or anything. And I'm not super familiar with like Japanese like culture and tradition and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if like their behavior and their reactions were like kind of standard for different types of people, but. But yeah, they yeah. were very quickly like, get over it. It's not like it's your fault. Anyway. I feel the- like the girl was kind of like, the less we talk about it, the less I'm going to have to like deal with it. I feel like that's why she was like, let's yeah. move on. Though I guess maybe that could play into the premise of this movie, which is a lot of, I mean, they're, it's very heavy on loneliness and the more people try to pull together, they end up being pushed apart. So maybe that's like, you know, yeah, this part movie, of it in that like, okay, the moment you die, people move on anyway. So this movie had a really weird, like it took like an hour to get into it but like once it like took this really heavy like existential like deep thought of like we're alone we die alone loneliness is just a thing we have to find like happiness where we can find it And it was like what the fuck where did this but come from it, i mean it's like it was oddly especially for coming out in 2001 like prescient because i think one of the major problems facing us now is it a huge the fight despite the fact that we are more connected than ever most people say they have the least amount of friends that they've ever had like there's a a huge threat of loneliness through at least american society and i imagine you know it's like wow that movie came out like 14 years or 18 years now before now and called it like almost perfectly the problem also is pretty prevalent in japan in fact they're at the point now where i think that the elderly um outnumber the young from like three to one or something like that oh wow there's something going on over there called celibacy syndrome where people don't want to have relationships with each other so loneliness and isolation is a big deal that's actually affecting Mm. japan right now Wow, and I don't know if this was exactly in this dude's mind, but it's so eerie to look, watch this movie now, and like read about this kind of stuff over there. Companies are making artificial robots to keep people company. <laughs> Whoa, like that's how bad it is. That's right now. pretty Black Mirror esque. But so I think, yeah, I, it's incredible how this guy kind of foresaw all of this stuff. But maybe at that time though, this was a more conscious concept than we've been familiar with over here, yeah. like in the States. So, I mean, you know, maybe this is like something that was just kind of like, Oh, Hey, we've all kind of thought about this, but let's put it in a film. Yeah. And for us, we're like, Whoa, that's nuts. <laughs> you know, it gets really heady. So he gets the disc and he goes home and he's sitting there kind of like just dealing with like the grief of what happened. So I think Yabe is the name of the florist, uh, one of the florists that. Okay. Has the yes. Disc. Yabe is the one that has the disc. Yabe is the, the, boy who has the yes he's the one that hangs out the uh with them he's one of the three people at the flower shop right so after this scene where they're like all right get over it you know whatever we should not talk about this anymore let's just move on it does it cuts to 
a different character who is getting online for the first time, it feels like. Um, Kawashima. Kawashima. Uh, he's getting online, and it's like a nice scene of Windows 95 or whatever. Well, he stands up like, ah, Eureka, I know what I'll do. He goes to this like drawer, pulls out a manual, and it's like, how to internet. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. I was like, here we go. And he goes and gets like a, an AOL disc, what they call it? It's like a floppy disc. He has a, a oh, the Uranus? ISP, it's called yeah, Uranus. Uranus or, is their like AOL version of it. <laughs> and then he like starts reading this manual. It's like, how to internet, put disc in computer. And he does. And then I guess like, it's just webcams? Well, it errors out. So oh. yeah, he tries to install it and he gets this error he can't go by. And he's like, whatever, fuck it. He closes it and then just immediately goes to sleep. And then the computer kicks back on. And yeah, and then it shows the webcam. It's where like someone's kind of in the back in a chair and you can't see their face because it's in the shadow. Okay. And then the, the bag head kind of comes across the screen. It's yes. a room that's basically got some writing on the wall behind them. And it says, then, help me, help me, help me behind yeah. the wall. Unfortunately, to your point that you said, like the movie does not tell you certain things. Like it didn't say what the writing was on the back right. wall. When he was getting the error on the computer, when he was trying to do the, the, right. like, the online thing, it didn't tell you what that said either. So I was like, oh, he's just like not clicking right or he's having problems with it because I thought he was like a super novice, which he was. Yes. And then it powers back on. And yeah, we see that. They call it the forbidden room. Yes. And I've got a lot of questions about this shit. <laughs> but um, like it's a dude in a chair in the shadows with a bag over his head and help me, help me, help me. And we see this pop up. Like, is it kind of like in horror movies that we we see more and more as we see it further on in the movie? You think it feels like he gets closer and closer until the very end where they remove the bag? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then he freaks out, turns everything off, and... Um, goes to bed. Yeah, he's like, all right, I guess it's bedtime. And then he goes, like, and crashes a computer science class. A lab class at the college. He's and he, like, so awkward sits about down it. And, like, some, next to some random dude. He's like, hey, man, what about that internet, bro? You ever <laughs> internet? And the guy's all like, uh-huh. And he's like... So, uh, the internet ever turn on by itself? And the guy's like, sounds like you got hackers. And he's like, okay, cool. And then gets <laughs> up and like goes and talks to like, I guess the professor. Is she a professor? I, she must be a TA. I, I thought think. she, yeah, I thought she was a lab tech. Okay. Yeah. And he's all like, Hey, quick question. How do I do some stuff? And like, she's like, this is how you screen print. This is, or this is how you screen grab. This, this is how, is how you, you bookmark. bookmark. She goes, you want to click on it and then bookmark it. He goes, hold on. You're going way too fast. <laughs> he grabs a piece of paper and a pencil. And he's like, okay, step click by step. Click on it. And she step by, and we sit there the whole day. I was like, oh, we're going to step by step these instructions. Okay. Yeah. It, this is an instructional movie. <laughs> it was interesting to see someone get online for the first time. Welcome. You've got mail. Like, even though it was in a fiction movie, I assume it's very, you know, it's what people were going through at the time. It's uh, so weird how far it's come. Like, it's going to sound really old, but like how like much we take for granted. Like, I can't remember like the first time I got online. It's just gone to the mist of time. I remember, you know, exploring the internet early, but like I cannot remember like the first day we got the internet. Yeah. So I don't, it must have been probably just like that. <laughs> 1993 or 94 for me. Nice. Over at a friend's house going in the AOL chat rooms and fucking with people. Wow. That's what we did. I do remember doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> just trolling chat rooms. Uh, yeah, it would have been like 96 for me, I think, is when we got online. Wow. File's done. Goodbye. So the lab tech's name is Haru. That's the name of her character. Yes. Um, and she's the one that drops the like the heady concept of like loneliness. Because later on in the film, she has a whole little monologue where she got into computers because she was in high school and realized that like she was always going to be alone. And then when she died, she was going to be alone again. And then she said she got into computers and phantoms because she wanted to know more about both of those things. Right. So she was afraid. Yeah. Like what if, if we're alone during death too? And then he was like, 
hmm, that's some that's some heavy shit. I don't know. Nobody knows. So let's not talk about it anymore, which is like a running theme for this guy. He's like, yes. whatever, anything, it's a little uncomfortable. He's like, you know what? I don't want to talk about this anymore. So let's move on to rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't we, love a good rainbow? I, I mean, mean, who? Yeah. So we bad. cut back to the florist shop where yes. they got the disc and uh, Yabi, Yabu, Yabe. Yeah, Yabe was Yabe like, hey, like, come check this weird shit out. Yeah. And it's a picture. Uh, I think it's the picture they use for the iTunes cover of uh, the first person who, who hanged himself standing in front of his own computer screen. And then in front of that, like on the monitor in front of him was the exact same picture. Mm-hmm. And then this guy somehow in 2001 had like two monitors. He was real high speed. <laughs> yeah, two yeah, giant two, yeah, CRTs. Two computers that look like yeah. clearly a hacker. Oh. <laughs> and in the monitor in the top left was a face. And they were mm-hmm. like, can you enhance that? And so they CSI'd it up, and you could see like a weird phantomy ghost face that comes back later. I don't think that would have worked in real life. No, it would have been a pixelated mess. Like, you, yeah. you you zoom in on like a 240 right. <laughs> by 180 picture. It's a color palette. Right. Yeah. yeah, this picture is like the size of a stamp back then. Like, I mean, it had to fit in a fucking floppy disk, so it was less than 1.3 megabytes big. There's not <laughs> yeah. enough data there to enhance it like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he starts changing at this point. He starts getting real like, well, he's like Sullen. creeped out. Yeah, he was like, what the hell? And then like that night, he like goes on and looks again and it's like all these different webcams and you yeah. click through and they're like pictures, but then one starts moving. Yes. And you're like, whoa, okay, that shouldn't be doing that. It shouldn't be moving the way it is. So he goes to his fr- to the guy's house that night for whatever oh, reason. Is this where the, the water spot is? The black spot? Yeah. Okay. When the man first hanged himself. To Gucci. To Gucci. He then dissolved into like a black spot on the wall. So that like really freaked the, the girl out. But it's important to know every time somebody dies now, they become this weird black spot. It looks like um, a wa- black water stain on right. something. Or like mildew or something on the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's really weird. So then he gets on the bus. He goes to his friend's house, to Gucci's house, and he starts snooping around and he sees like then he sees Taguchi hanging and he's like Taguchi and then he disappears again into this black spot and then he ends up in like a weird storage room where he saw a piece of paper behind uh just like fallen behind there he gets it up opens it and this is where we first hear of the forbidden room okay see i guess i don't remember that part yeah so then he goes and finds this forbidden room yeah is this forbidden room like known lore i had this question written down i was like is this like known legend because anytime someone's oh the forbidden room like they're like yeah don't go there and it's like how does everyone know this place like that this is just some random room and everyone keeps duct taping up doors with red duct tape to like keep things in. I think the intention is to keep the ghost in. To keep the ghost in also just kind of be like, like warning, but it's like, is this like a known thing in Japan? It's like, you want to keep ghosts in your house? Red duct tape. (laughs) Maybe. The 3M company is like, yo, we're on Well, I guess it doesn't have to be red though because when they get the tape, the guy's just like, hey, you got any tape? And he just happens to be red tape. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it's yes. like it was just one of those things where like every time someone taped True. up anything, it was a red, it was red <laughs> duct tape. And I was like, I wonder if this is a thing. This movie was made for like ten dollars. They had one <laughs> roll of tape, and uh, so but he ends up in this forbidden room, and then he sees a ghost coming toward him, and then he like goes to hide, and the ghost like creeps up over whatever he's hiding. Oh, is this behind. the one that does like the weird like, interpretive dance on the way up to it? Yeah, like, little wiggly arm, kind of like hello, like seduction. I was like, okay, I get. It. it's 2001 is this 
Is this the one where he hides behind the couch? Yes. Yeah. This was the creepiest part for me. Yes. Yes. No, the it way definitely. That the movement, it was like half speed or less. Like it really reminded me of some nightmares I've had. Mm-hmm. They would drop frames from this movement. Yeah. So like it was like it was just kind of like waving your arms like like, ooh, spooky, yeah. scary walk. But then like they'd actually drop some frames out of like the film and you're like, oh, okay, that's creepy. It was really, really well done. So he hides behind the couch and then she just peeks over the he couch. <laughs> under the couch. And I was like, bro, she's not gonna be down there. Like yeah. she was walking up to the back of the couch. She's gonna go over before she goes under. And then like he hears her above him and he kind of like looks up and she's like coming over the couch. And that's when he like becomes like different. Right. That's like one of the best scares in the movie for sure. And yes, then his whole personality changes. I forgot those all that scene was connected. I thought there was like completely different scenes. Yeah. Well, the movie is I mean, I like this movie when we talk about recommendations at the end. But I mean, admittedly, it is it has a lot of characters like I think more than it needs. It has a lot of locations that all kind of look the same because it's very dark. It's a very dark film. Um, so it is easy to get a lot of times I'd be like, wait, where am I? And it's very long too. It is two hours. Yes. I've got a note that says 21 minutes in and I have no idea who surfer guy is, what his job is, why he's creeping around a college lab and what the hell anything is anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he, he doesn't show up to work the next day. And so the two girls there are like, have you seen newbie? Have you seen newbie? Where is he? Should we call him? And of course the other girl's like, just leave him alone. It's fine. Yabe. Just ignore Yabe. He's like, just ignore it. He'll be here. It's fine. And she's like, oh, I want to go check on him. Um, And so then she asked the boss, she's like, hey, I haven't seen Yabe. Can I go check on him? And he's like, if you want, but you should know friendship sucks and all friends are terrible. Oh, yeah. That whole part. (laughs) It's going to work out really poorly if you do this. God damn. That's bleak as hell. He's like, every friend you have is going to end badly and you're going to hate them and they're going to hate you. But, you know, if you want to go check on your friend, I guess. My favorite part is it does not. She's like, all right, thanks. And just leaves. Yeah, she don't care. She's like, oh, oh, the boss. That's just the boss being his weird boss self. But then like (laughs) Yubi had come in and just didn't ignore everybody. He was like. Yeah, like Ash is about to leave. He walks in. Yeah, and he just goes into, I guess he gets an office. And then the friend starts crying. She's like, can you believe he just ignore us? And I was like, whoa, they took that really hard. Yeah. and Jim They took that harder than they took the suicide. <laughs> yeah, true point. But Judy goes like, what are you doing? Just like, go to work. Yeah, like, <laughs> go calm down over there. Um, but eventually she does manage to like force her way in to talk to uh, Yabi. And he's like, I'm cold and I'm scared. And I went over to Taguchi's house and it was terrifying. And I saw something horrible. And she's like, huh. Okay. She goes to get him a blanket because he complains about being cold. So okay. Michi's the one who's really invested in Yabi's like well-doing, mm-hmm. uh, well-being rather. And Junko's much more aloof and like yeah. whatever. We cut back to the Kawashima B storyline and he's in the library and he's like looking at stuff and then he's like reading about like ghosts and things like that because when he logs onto the internet early on, yeah, one of the things that pops up and I made a note that's like, the internet asks him, do you want to meet a ghost? Oh, yeah. When it turns back on, I was like, the answer to that is always no. <laughs> like, you know what? You say that, but I feel like I would have been, I was fucking, what, 2001? I was 15. I would have been like, yes, please. I would have been like, <laughs> nope, not even risking it. I'm good. So, like, he's studying, like, ghost stuff, and he's, all, like, reading a book, and it's all like, we don't know, like, if spirits exist after the afterlife. If they do, have they existed since prehistoric yeah, times? This book makes the biggest jump of logic I've ever seen. He goes, 
People have been dying since the prehistoric times. Therefore, souls exist. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's just like, like what? No, it's like, why don't you get this? And it's like, whoa, okay. So then he goes and puts the book up. And as he's leaving, he sees the computer lab girl that- um, Haru. 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 Okay. He sees Haru. And then he like does it. He sees the exit sign. Like, oh, I know how to get out of here. And then he walks over and he's like, I don't know how to get out of the library. I don't normally come here. And I was like, smooth, buddy. Yeah. And so she's like, I'll show you. Puts a book up. He immediately looks to see what book she puts up. And it's called Phantoms. And then he grabs the book, opens up. He's like, so you're interested? Phantoms, <laughs> and that's when she's like, "Okay, cool. Let me tell you why." And that's when we get the whole thing where she yeah. says, "Like, you know, like I was terrified of like being alone in high school. Then I was terrified that we'd be alone after death. And then I got super into phantoms and like being alone." Well, he, he she takes him to one. Her, uh, on first, he's like probably the worst student ever. He does not seem to be very solid at his uh, studio. He's like, "I've never been to the library before." Like, really? I think that was just an excuse. <laughs> but um, she takes him back to his lab and she shows him that program. Oh, that's right. There, she so, has all these computers. Yeah, they have this really fancy computer lab and they're running this program about dots. And it's these dots that are trying to get close together. And if they get too close, they die. Uh, But if they get too far away, they get pulled together. And Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, it's really interesting, but only the grad student who programmed it really understands it. Um, So then after the phantom thing, she takes them back to the lab and she shows them and she's like, you see these, there's like weird translucent ones that pop up. And she's like, yeah, these just sort of appeared one day and they look like regular dots, but they're, you know, weird. And then but it actually has disappears. a weird visual effect to it. <laughs> and then this is where the guy who didn't know how to bookmark shit goes, oh, is it a bug? It's like, how yeah, do you yeah. know that terminology? But yeah, anyway, she's my, like, man, my man did some studying on his own. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, no, it's not a bug. Nobody can explain it. And I was like, oh, that means it's a bug. But anyway. <laughs> I think my parents who asked me how to get more Wi-Fi's in the computer knows more than this kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but she's like, look, you got some weird shit going on. I'm still looking into your stuff. Here's my phone number. Call me if anything weird happens again. Is she this friendly with everybody who comes in the computer lab? No, I don't get that vibe. She kind of been, yeah. But maybe, I, yeah. it's because he had like an interest in like her nihilistic yeah. <laughs> program or and whatever. And I think he did show her, like he did manage to print screen something and share that with her. And I think that like piqued her interest as well. Because she's like, yeah. yo, this is weird. I've never seen this. So if more weird shit happens, definitely call me. Goodbye. It's uh, Junko is leaving the the floral shop, I guess. Yeah. And she sees someone walking out of the forbidden room because this woman walks out, puts the red tape back on the door. And I was like, everyone knows about this forbidden room, evidently. Do you think it was on the news? Like, is this a government thing? Like, don't go in the red doors? Like, I don't know. Like, but everyone seemed (laughs) to know red tape forbidden door because when they find one in the factory they find a fucked up room in the yeah. factory the dude goes and tapes it up with red tape well the movie does i mean i it's not impossible be or other people have heard about this because the movie does a good job of over throughout the course of the movie there are less and less and less people in the background like mm-hmm. in the very beginning when they're talking about uh Toguchi's death the the cafe is crowded and filled with people yes. and then as the movie goes on there's less and less people around implying this shit's happening everywhere. And there is later on, there's a news segment where we're talking about like all the missing people. That's pretty massive. But yeah, so maybe it is kind of like just no knowledge. But this random girl walks out of the forbidden room. Junko sees this and is like, huh, that's weird. And then like the woman climbs up this like tower, not a tower, but like it's a like giant a water, silo. Water thing. Yeah, yeah thing. it looks like when you, those places where you make like concrete, you know, it's, it's a factory. It's an abandoned factory. Yeah. And then she like jumps off the top of it. Yeah. And once again, this movie, I mean, it is a smooth cut. You they see the start whole thing. it down thing. and she almost out, like uh, almost out falls the camera. I was like, yeah. oh, we're going to hear the thump. And then I was like, the camera jumps real fast. And like, you see it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And great Foley work. You had this really disgusting crunching. It was really 
really tough. Very, there's very little blood in this though. Yes, there's like when there's someone later on. There's a scene where someone does something to themselves. And there's no blood, and it's like, okay, blood's not a thing. How they filmed it because I looked it up because it was really interesting. They had a stunt double or a stunt person jump from that tower. It was they were bungeed up. When they bungeed up, they replaced her with a doll that then fell the rest of the way and then they just uh, well, used a computer the to quick, overpan it. That explains it. the quick like pan down yeah. then to catch the, the doll. Technically it looks really cool. Yeah, it's it very looks well like done. very like, like oh, because I was like, oh, this is going to be oh no, they got it. And I was like, wow, it's a how they what? do that. Yeah. So I was like, there's no transition. No. What a day at work for that stunt person though. She got to bungee jump off of a uh, construction site. <laughs> Giant tower. But yeah, so Junko sees this and is like, oh my god. Uh, yeah, Junko becomes all catatonic and a little bit earlier to the movie, just to kind of add on to the fact that something weird is happening is boss disappears. Their boss disappears. Yes. The and boss is missing also. And Junko makes a bunch of calls like, have you guys seen the boss? Yeah. And Kimchi's like, uh, no, not Kimchi. Michi. Michi is like, why do all our friends keep disappearing? What's going on? And Junko's like, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> anyway, Yabe becomes a spot at some point. But I think Junko becomes frustrated with like all the missing people. And that's why yeah. she goes through the red door. And at some yes. point, there's someone says something's like, I saw the face. And they talk about looking at a it's face. It's Yabe. Yeah, Yabe says it. He's yeah. like, he's like, I saw the I saw the face last night on the 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 picture, and I was like, oh, with the the bag, the bag room. Yeah. He pulls, starts pulling the bag off his his head, and before we, like we actually see it, it cuts away. But when Yabe comes back, all messed up, like that's when he's like, I saw the face. Right, and so that's what he tells Michi, and he's like, do not go into the forbidden room. But she doesn't know about the forbidden room at this point because she does ask him. She's like, what are you talking about? What forbidden yes. room? And he's like. Don't go but into Junko it. seems to know. Yeah. So yeah. it has to be getting around somehow. Like this information has to be getting around somehow. But yes. So at that point, yeah, Junko's like, like Yabe becomes spotted. And then she's like, that's it. I'm finding out what's going on with our people. She goes in. She sees something. After that, she's now in the like depressed, catatonic kind of like messed up mind state. And Michi goes all, you know, mom on her Caretaker, and takes care yeah. of her and brings her back to her apartment and is like trying to feed her and give her tea. And it, she's like just totally catatonic. The food's falling out. But then she finally does like talk. She's like, you know, oh, are we all going to die alone? And Michi's like, no. And in the background during this scene, you see Junko stand up, go stand next to a wall and then just dissolve into like ash. Yeah, she dissolves into this ash, the, the spot stuff. Yeah. And then the spot like gets blown into this ashy stuff that goes in the air. And you're like, what the hell? At this point, that's when it's like, oh, this is not the video creating this problem. This is just something that's happening. Right. And so simultaneously, the surfer dude, Kawashima, Kawashima is investigating this same phenomena on his own. So he goes back into the library and some other surfer dude comes to him. This is, I call him Captain Exposition. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to give you some details. Yeah. So this other surfer dude's like, hey, do you see, you see that? He's like, that's because it's real. And if you catch him, he'll have to tell you what he is. Yeah, I couldn't tell what that was. I was like, I was like, who are they talking about? And you see like this little like figure standing at the edge of a book yeah. bookshelf, and I was like, oh, I guess that kid knows something. And then it was a ghost. So then other surfer dudes like, come over here, I'm gonna tell you what's going on. Yes, he flat out was like, okay, bro, check this out. And it's like, a, I mean, such a solid premise that I wish someone else would also run with it. He's like, look, people have been dying for prehistoric times, and now uh, wherever we go is full. 
And they're like, spilling over. He's like, there's got to be a finite space that like souls and stuff yeah. go to. Well, when that bubbles up and boils over, I was all like, dogs and cats living together. I was like, this is a Ghostbusters <laughs> yeah. moment. Tell him right about here. the Twinkie. Tell him about the Twinkie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's like, he's like, so they have to go somewhere, and it makes sense that it goes into a place that you know, like we don't know much about, meaning like the internet, right. I guess. But or was he referring to the internet or like our real world? Because people were just dying in the real world. Well, I think the internet gave them a means to that was the door to transfer. That's right. He exactly. said it had to be a door that opened exactly. up, and that the the invention of the like internet somehow, yeah, somehow breached the two areas, and that was what one of the spots was. The like weird looking spot right. was a soul bouncing around there, and then the internet like gave us this like connection where they can now invade our our world. But Which it does really, explain why it, it kills everybody. It plays into that whole Japan ghost in the machine thing right. that they do a lot. Yes. Well, and so then uh, he's like, all right, this is some crazy shit. I need to call Hiru. He calls her and he has an answer. So mm-hmm. he gets panicked. He goes to so her he goes, apartment. And yeah, and she's like soaking wet because she'd been out in the rain. And she's like, I have to go see them. I have to go see them. And he's like, what are you talking about? He brings her into the apartment. And that's where we get this exposition dump, right? Of I'm, you know, I'm afraid of being lonely. And what if the souls? And he's like, look, Kairoshima yeah. goes, I don't think we're going to die. Maybe in the next 10 years, uh, which would have been 2011. So fail. But maybe in the next 10 years, they'll cure death or, you know, hopefully sometime within our lifetime. And she's like, oh, you want to live forever? And he's like, yeah, duh. And she's yeah, he's like, like, if I don't acknowledge it, I'm not going to like have to deal with it. Right. And was he, like, okay, that's one way to do it. I 100% respect him. He goes, even if I see a ghost, I'm not going to acknowledge it. I was like, wow, okay. That was one enough. of the notes I made. I was like, if I saw a ghost in the flesh, in real life in front of me, I had confirmation this shit was real. They were there. Yeah. Would I lose my shit and go catatonic also and just basically become like very hard to like manage day to day or would I just be like, fuck it. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel, I mean, I don't know that I'd go catatonic, but Not I don't catatonic, know that, yeah. but definitely like kind of like, like, uh, my day to day routine is fucked now. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could just go back to living your life as normal. Uh, after Kawashima says that bit about living forever, uh, you know, 10 years later, mm-hmm. Haru's like, I think I agree with you. The ghosts are going to trap us in our, our loneliness. own loneliness and we will thus live forever. It's like, <laughs> Wow. You need to go write a goth album. Right. You are fucking dark. Yeah. She's like, right, because where the ghosts are going to get full, they're not going to want any more ghosts, so they're going to stop us from dying to just trap us in our own loneliness. Which is, oh, shit, I just pieced that together. That is exactly what was happening. They were, right. like, killing us, making us become dust. Right, so that so we, we wouldn't, wouldn't become ghosts. Holy fuck. And I further fill up I did not space. catch that when I watched this. I mean, I figured it was, like, some evil spirit that was doing this, but I was all like, cause I thought it was the dude in the room. Right. No, these are all ghosts across all time. I think each like person sees probably their own phantom or whatever. All right. But I want to point out before he ran over to this house, yes, his ass is in an arcade. Oh yeah. And I wrote it down at one hour, 18 minutes and 48 seconds. If you look behind him, Street Fighter 2 is on that arcade machine. Nice. I was like, there it is. That's Championship Edition. I was like, we need to watch this dude play Street Fighter for the next 20 minutes and I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, another great scene, though, because the first time you see him, he goes to that arcade a couple of times. It's first, super busy. Yeah. Second this time, time, empty. It's like almost empty. And that's when he like runs to get like Haru and he's like, right. okay, we'll just go away. Let's, like we'll outrun yeah. this thing. And you know, I want to I point out, too, that uh, considering how populated Japan is and just how crowded everything mm-hmm. is. This predates 28 days later of clearing out 
sections of a city. Yeah, that's actually Subway. I have a note. It's like I was like, oh, this movie totally became Twenty Eight Days Later or Day of the Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's so well done. I mean, I one of my notes. I didn't take a whole lot because, as you can tell, audience, this movie is very confusing. So I didn't even know what to write down. But is it feels very much like a film noir. Like it's so many shadows. You have these protagonists who are very moody and uh, lonely. These long tracking shots through empty places. That happens a lot in this movie. Um, it just gives you this really dreamlike, eerie sense. It was really hard to kind of put my finger on why I felt uncomfortable. But you do kind of just feel like, I don't know, this is weird. Well, this like, is classified as a mystery. Like on yeah. IMDb and iTunes, it's classified as a mystery, not a horror movie. Interesting. Because so, in the iTunes description, it's like the most terrifying movie. Yeah, so. no, it definitely <laughs> had like a horror description, but like in like you actually get the classification, yeah. it was like mystery. And I was like, weird. But the, yeah, I, I was picking up on what you're saying too, John. This movie just exudes loneliness. Yeah. Even when people are on screen. And to the point where I was like, Nobody in this movie is doing anything that makes them feel alive anyway. They're not drinking fucking, go rob a bank, do something. But everybody's just so melancholy. Right, they're just existing. Yes. And I think yeah. they touch on that, right? Where they're like, is this even, are we even living? That's during the weird emo conversation, to your point, about a goth novel. Because he's like, well, you and I are alive. We at least know that. And she's like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, she just counteracts. It's like, all right, look, this negative. It was yeah. like, calm down. It's like, is this what living is? And he's like, yeah, I guess. So yeah, so like, well, they, they ain't doing a very good job of living because everybody's just depressed as hell. Because yeah. at one point, and this is when he's in the arcade, it's completely empty, and he has this revelation of like, okay, this is officially an epidemic. Like right. something is happening. People are missing, and there's been news broadcasts in the background talking about like missing people and right. stuff they, like they, that circle everyone like missing missing well that's missing. actually a little bit later but like yeah. yeah right before that he's like he's like okay this is a problem that's when he runs over to her house and he's like let's go and she's smashing the plants outside she's like losing her shit like yeah. okay this is officially happening my my biggest fear is the truth and he's like let's go we'll outrun this thing they go get on the subway Totally empty. Totally empty. The turnstiles aren't working. It's a minor point, but it did make me laugh a little bit. He like, there's he two. hops it. Right, and she can't get over it, And she right is, next to it is just a, a chain. Yes. I was like, I was like, oh, you guys chose the hardest path. But uh, yeah, she's struggling like it's like a, a mountain wall that she yeah. has to breach. And he just like hop. If she just looked to her right, she could have just like walked around it. But yeah. it doesn't matter. It's like irrelevant to the movie, but it was a funny part in an otherwise very serious scene. Yes. And then we're on the train completely empty and they're just like sitting there in silence like kind of and I expected them to like the pan back and see the spirited away ghost and the girl sitting next to him like where are y'all going? Yeah. And um, this is so More great. emo. This movie is very emo. I love this part because he's like okay look you know like yeah everyone's gone we may be the last people alive but you know what we've got each other. She's like so anyway, we're going to be alone. And I was like, oh, damn, bro. Like, you but, just got shut down. And <laughs> You're like, the last two people alive. And she's like, I'd rather be with a ghost. You know what I said? Even if we were the last people on Earth? Well. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a real uh, you stay here, I'll be right back problem. Right. So they do this so many times in the movie. This is kind of what happens, right? Like, she's been sad. She got sad about the dots because they all disappeared. Or yeah. Something, the, the computer program. And this is where, I don't know what uh, Kawashima's doing, but he's like, you stay right here. I'm going to go talk to the train captain or oh, something. Oh, so well, to the stops. end of the line. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I have to go back. They want me back. Yeah. What am I doing here? And he's like, All right, if you promise me you'll stay right here, I will be right back. Well, as, soon as, he, <laughs> as soon as he turns his back, she jumps up and hops off the train. Well, he, like, he says, you want to go back and see them, don't you? You're right. The moment he turns his back, she's like, 
gone <laughs> so <laughs> fast. Like, she goes back to her apartment, right? And she's watching the computer monitor, and she sees her back. Also, it's one, like the whole spaceballs thing yeah. where they're like turning around. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now, you're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now, now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. I just missed it. Uh, when? <laughs> just now. This part <laughs> cracked me up, though, because really? I thought like, it was super creepy. It was super creepy. But like the, the end part of the scene cracked uh, me up because like she's looking back and the door is now open behind her. Yeah. And she looks back at the screen and they're doing that thing where they don't cut. They actually pan the camera 180 degrees. So every time they started panning, I was like, and something's going to jump out and scare me. <laughs> Never does. She walks into this room, finally turns on the light. And you're watching this on the computer screen. There's nothing there. And then she walks up and like is joyously in her mind. She's like, I'm not alone and hugs an invisible thing. Yeah, it's very creepy. And you see it on the screen and you see it from like the ghost POV, like looking down at her and as she like hugs it. And it's like, whoa. Again, though, I was like, Kawashimi, I was like, Bro, you got abandoned for a ghost. Like well, you're alive in yeah. there. And she's like, I'd rather be with the ghost. She disappears. Like when she he I mean, there must be some supernatural way she gets back to that apartment because he does jump out of the train almost as soon as she does. And she's, she's got gone. the lift app. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she Ubered her way back to Tokyo. Um, but yeah, that whole thing where she is look, she turns on like 17 computer monitors mm -hmm. and they each have, I guess, their own ghost. And then then it's hers. And yeah, that, I thought that was so well done. I was like, this is all right, that's impressive. Yeah. Now, was that her personal spirit? in the ethereal realm or, and that's why she's like oh i'm not alone or was that like oh cool there are other things here i'm not going to be alone in the afterlife i just figured it was a relative or something yeah okay i figured it i thought it was more like just kind of like oh they do exist i'm not going to be alone once i die yeah uh, yeah I think, I, she, I, I think she was happy to like know I, that her fear wasn't true right i guess it could read either way the, the to your point i think the important part was that she wasn't going to be alone i also assumed it was someone she knew but i guess it doesn't it doesn't actually i guess play a, a role because somehow the guy walks but since she must walk back to tokyo Ka kawashimi ends up like walking back and going to her apartment and she's like he's well, like prior to that he, um, this is where the two plots finds, intersect yeah he finds michi in a car oh. she's just like passed out on on the on the wheel yeah. And, and he's like, I, hey, lady, you okay? I forgot Michi was Michi. I was like, who's this random chick? <laughs> because right before he does that, he walks back and he's in this like little hut, like a bus station where a TV's like, that's when it's showing all the missing oh, people. Yeah. And it's just like, the news is just like, so-and-so missing, so-and-so missing. So, and then like, he starts walking through Tokyo and it's abandoned. Yep. This is 28 days later, like day of the dead, on like, hello. Just, dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. And I was like, whoa, okay. And then he comes across Michi in the car. He fixes her car. Right. I was like, you can't log on to the internet. You're an economics major, yeah. but you have firsthand knowledge of how to fix this vehicle. Cool. Yeah. Very good for him. But yeah, he, so she's like, aren't you going to go help you look for your friend? I'll go. I, well, honestly, what I first thought was going to happen is she was just going to drive away. I thought so too. And he was going to be alone. I was like, yeah. what a fucking downer if this That's happens. That's what I thought. Cause they really pan on her sitting in the driver's seat while he's putting away all the tools. And I just thought she's just going to leave them, which, uh, but she <laughs> does. It's been amazing yes. that they actually did that. <laughs> she's like, look, let's go find your friend. Let's see what's happened to her. I'll come help you. They go to her apartment to Haru's apartment. Well, that conversation they had was really, I thought was really well done because yeah. she's like, 
so it's just us. And he's like, I guess. And she's like, like, he's like, well, I had a friend, but I don't know where she went. And she's like, do you want to go see if she's there? Like completely like willing like, at this point, like what else am I going to do? I'd rather be with a living person than like right. be by myself. So she's like, let's go check and see if your friend's there. And that's when they go back to Haru's place. It's very in character for Michi because he's really the only one throughout the whole movie she's a very who's go with cared the flow about. Kind of girl. Yeah. But who also like cared about what everyone else is doing. Like yeah. where they're all going. And they go into Haru's apartment. She's not there. And then they're like, well, what about this abandoned factory next door? It also seems <laughs> like a big okay. jump of logic. It's like, why not? Let's go look. Well, guess what? She's in there. And she's yeah. got a gun. Maybe she's got the bag over her head. Like we see the guy. She's got yeah. a black bag over her head. And what was the conversation between Haru and Kawashima? Does she say anything to him before she caps herself I in the head? I don't think so. I think she's he's just like, what are you doing? Step away. Come with us. Like, we're going to go get out of here. Yeah, you're not alone. You're We're here. And she just takes the bag off really slowly i mean puts the gun to her head and just kills herself yeah like shoots up into her neck and as you were saying there's zero blood no that like garrett's saying or that garrett's, but yes yeah. yes no blood well that's one thing that like um my roommate pointed out she was like there is zero blood for someone who just shot themselves in the head and i was like i wonder what this movie was rated <laughs> it was r it was, was pg-13 really? i think it was it was pg-13 when they remade it i do know that okay <laughs> the original video is the dude with the bag on his head in the room the forbidden room yeah he pulls the bag off and then shoots himself on camera. And that's what people are seeing, or at least some of our people, people are seeing. Yeah, I think so. And I see, I thought that was going to be, I thought that was the malevolent spirit that opened the door, but it didn't. It no, was just, just a thing aid. that happened yeah. to be there. I think it's just like their malevolent spirit. Like, I feel like if they had wanted to, I'm glad they didn't, but this could have been like a TV show where each person has their own weird ass shit happening. Yeah. Um, Cause I think like, I wonder who got the caveman ghost. <laughs> see, I really expected the whole, quote unquote Uranus internet to have any more role. a role. I thought it was going to be more like the ring, you know, watch the VHS tape and you die. Well, that's what I thought this video was. The forbidden room yeah. video was like, when you see this dude with a bag head, then you've been infected and then you're going to basically like right. go dark and then like kill yourself or yeah, go well, just black spotting. Like a lot of synopsis and reviews of this movie talk about it, like technology playing such a big role, but it really doesn't like you, at least it doesn't tie like they don't very explicitly or I even say subtly other than the internet being the gateway from yeah. the ghost realm. That's, that's really it. the only part of technology it has anything to do with. That is it. Yeah. So after Haru offs herself, um, they're like, well, shit, we're out of gas. They go to leave and they're out of gas. And he's like, oh, wait, there was some gas inside. So another wait here. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I wrote this down. Would you wait in the car or would you go with them? No, I'd go with I'd them. Go with them. Okay. Yeah. There's power in numbers because I think you can't save someone if they don't see the thing, right? So if there's two of you, it, it maybe increases your chance of someone pulling you out of there. Because I think you do end up getting like kind of hypnotized. Didn't Michi do that to Junko? Yeah, she tried. I think she was she late. Tried, yeah. But yeah. So I would go. Uh, plus, who wants to be alone in this weird ass Junko situation? Junko really fought her on that too. Like yeah. shoved her out. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I want to die. And I was yeah. like, whoa. Junko's like running to that fucking room. Michi's like, stop. Yubi told me not to go in there. And she's like, hey, how about you go fuck yourself? I'm going in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he goes back inside, is pumping gas. Yeah, he's siphoning gas from a barrel into a gas can, and the red tape door is right behind him. Another red tape door. This and is it like just slowly opens up, and then he drops the gas cap, and it rolls straight into the room. I'm like, dude, you don't need the gas cap. You're going just a leave. hundred feet. Like you'll be fine. <laughs> I said that when we were watching. I was like, and this is where you pick up the gas can and you walk away. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing to be done here. But he goes in, and then we get to see his ghost. Yeah, which is this really cool looking ghost, I thought. Just mm -hmm. really unfocused. 
character in black, right? Yeah. And then he has a conversation with him, and but he's doing the whole thing. He said he said he would ignore and pretend it wasn't there. So he's turning his back to the ghost, Kawashima is, yeah. and he's like, you're not there. I'm not going to acknowledge you. Okay, bye. <laughs> Turns around. Ghost don't care. Ghost still there. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, wait, I get it. If I catch you, then I can like make you go away. And then he goes and grabs it, and he's like, oh, God, you're real. And it was like, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen when you yeah. tried to grab the ghost? I'm beginning to think he's not a very smart fellow at this point. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I respect him trying. Like, at least he gave it the shot, you know? Like, all right, I'm going to try my shit, it, but it didn't It didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah, and at this point... Michi's like, oh, maybe I should go check on him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you've already watched four people die, hang themselves, whatever. <laughs> what You should have went immediately with him to get the gas. So she wanders in, and she sees that the door is open with the red tape, and she's starting to, like, panic. She goes in there and finds him, and he's like, I think I'm okay. I'm... Let's go. I'm okay. We'll go. Let's yeah. go. And he's clearly not okay. No. He's definitely like in his like trance mind. So then it's Michi driving through like an empty, destro- not destroyed, but kind of a little bit ravaged Tokyo. And there's like burning cars. Everyone's like, yeah. and I promise a burning car on every street corner. <laughs> I was like, there was so many like on fire cars that were CG'd. I was like, oh, wow. It went zero to destruction in like two seconds. Right. <laughs> the place is abandoned, abandoned. So do you think it's like uh, like it was like a rapture situation where people are just like well, dusting while they were driving? Well, that's what I said. Is this the Japanese left behind? Yeah. Do you guys, there was a scene where the airplane crashes out of that's the sky. later that's after they get in the yes. boat but i'm saying like that's yes. what's happening is like there must be vanishing but, mid activity but also that airplane was already on fire so <laughs> yes. i didn't understand that like are the ghosts now shooting missiles gremlins yeah what was that movie i want to watch see what happened to that plane <laughs> but like yeah before it crashed it was already on fire so something really shitty happened in that yeah. plane that would that would be an interesting premise for a horror movie though she goes and gets in a little yeah, so their boat. plan is to get into a boat and just go as far away as they can. And yeah, the boat she picks is not going to get the very far. Well, she asked, she's like, do you want to go back with the rest of them to Kawashimi? And he goes, no, I'm fine. I want to stay with you. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And then they, she takes him down there and he's still completely out of right. it. He was sleeping through their whole car ride, which I thought was an interesting director choice. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what? I need a nap right now. While <laughs> she's just seeing these signs of destruction everywhere. He's passed out to the world. Yeah. Um, so they get in this boat. She gets it. She puts, she has to carry him to the boat. She puts him down. She goes to the boat. It's out of gas. She's like, all right, wait here to Mark's point. I'm going to go get <laughs> to gas. To be fair, he didn't have a choice. He was out of it. Right. Sure. Uh, so she climbs back up to go get gas. And so she's all alone and she sees this like U.S. military plane just on fire crashing. Um, probably where they spent all of their budgets. Filled with kerosene and dynamite because right. when it crashes, it blows up like <laughs> half of the fucking city. Somehow she gets gas, gets it to the boat and they sail off and run into yet another bigger boat. More of a cruise ship. Yes. Cruise line yes. kind of thing. Again, I think this is a ship not a boat. And this takes us back to the starting scene of the movie. This right. is like, it's like all bookends. So the captain's all like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah. He's like, well, I think we're going to try to go to Latin America. Yeah, Brazil. He's yeah, like, we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing faint signals still alive there, but we don't know until we'll get there, but we're going to try there. So I mean, this is worldwide. Yes. Which I was like, oh, wow. But okay. the ship had a, quite a few number of people on it. Yeah. Because it had like a whole bridge crew. Yeah, we'll say maybe 10 people on okay. it. Yeah. I don't remember seeing anybody else. 
No, there was like a bridge scene, wasn't there? Or did oh, I just I'll imagine that shit? I, I remember the bridge scene, but I think there was only people. like two people. But I think there was like, it might have been two or three people. But right. anyway, it's a very small yes. number on this boat. But yeah, it's it, not a whole cruise ship filled with people, but it was more than I expected. Because I did have the thought, I was like, it's going to be real hard to man this ship with two people on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can just jump on a cruise ship and drive it. Like, if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's like a fishing vessel, it looked <laughs> yeah. like. But yeah, like, <laughs> like a nautical fishing vessel. Oh. So Kawashima is in one of the, the rooms, and then he has his, I'm going to turn into a a smear moment right so yeah. she's doing this voiceover so it's on it's on uh her and she's talking about how she doesn't know if there's anybody left but she's still here and she's got like her one friend left and she's happy because at least she has her one true friend yeah and then it cuts over and he is now a a mold spot but it's moving it's like this ethereal moving spot so yeah. like it's like i was like so she's friends with ghosts she's okay with this well this is a prequel to the sixth sense Oh, <laughs> gotcha. But she that's sees the thing. dead people? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm happy being friends with the dead people. And I'm like, is that the way you survive? You just have to be cool with it? She is someone who seems to genuinely care and try to make connections with other people. Mm. Right? So maybe the people who have managed to survive are other folks who were able to try and make connections or want to make connections. And it's all these lonely people who are her dustifying, uh, spotifying. Um <laughs> that's what they got their name uh, what john's mean is when you turn to ash yes right. uh, I, that's kind of how i read it like maybe it's like actually loneliness is what ena- enabled the ghost to latch on and then you know amplify it a hundredfold maybe yeah maybe but like it's so weird though because kawashimi like really wanted to have a connection with like haru and stuff like that. And he's still, but it wasn't until she was gone that he like kind of lose that right. hope. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think and he gotta, does kind of seem lonely. If you like, you looked at his apartment, obviously no one had been there in a long time. Like when Haru first went over, he's like picking up laundry and shit. He had yeah. like a video game controller hanging off of like yeah. a fucking curtain rod. It was a PS1 controller hanging <laughs> off the curtain rod. I was like, okay. And I said to myself, oh, don't like computers, but you have a PS2. Yeah. Mm. It was a PS1. It was a PS1 was controller. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. No, it has a PlayStation. Because PlayStation 2 didn't come out until like right after the Dreamcast. Right? 2000. Oh, did it? And it came out first in Japan, so oh, it's yeah. not impossible if he was cutting edge. It's but possible. also, he also had a very fancy computer for the era. He had a flat screen, which in the 2001 was really expensive. Well, I don't know if I said it already, but I know the part in like the movie where like Haru's like, you don't really like computers. He's like, no, really don't. Not a big fan right. of these things. But he has like this super expensive computer. You right. weren't just getting a computer with a flat screen back then. Like you, that was an, an additional lot of money you paid for that. Yeah. Maybe it came with his college tuition. They just give it to you. Wow. Man, maybe, the peer, that maybe the peer pressure. He was like, I gotta get one yeah. now. My college when he paid to print shit. They're giving him, and in his college, they're giving away flat screen <laughs> monitors. You printed one piece of paper, that'll be 10 cents, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly Exactly how much it costs. We messed up so many of these scenes now that I'm thinking back on them, but like overall, I think we captured this very convoluted yet cool, interesting concept. But um, this movie does one thing that I love and hate in movies. When someone tries to make a phone call and the call doesn't go through, it doesn't work, they throw their phone away. <laughs> like, Kawashimi does that after, like, um, Haru shoots herself. He's yeah. like, we gotta get an ambulance! And he calls and he's like, they're not answering, chunk! And I was <laughs> like, bro, your phone's probably still okay. You yeah. might want to keep that, you know? It was like, But he just throws it down the ground like, fuck this. And it was like, you've never dropped a call before? No, he was so mad. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, what this movie, it's difficult to explain because it's like difficult to watch, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's just so eerie and like... It, it took about 40 minutes for me to fully go, okay, I think I'm into this now. Yeah, I agree. Um, because it was a little confusing. I and think it's very that, convoluted. And it's hard, and this might just be because I'm you know, not the brightest, but it is hard to focus on something so complicated when I'm also rapidly trying to read subtitles. Like, I feel like... I've missed things in the background and things like that because I'm reading and I'm trying to did. look. I don't think you, know? you missed much in the background. So. I'm really curious how the American remake holds up to this one. I didn't get to watch it, um, but I watched a review and like read a bit about it. And apparently it's like just very American. One has a happy ending. Oh. There's two sequels to it. Really? I guess maybe yes. not happy is not the right word, but they all survive. There's like a dead zone where all the survivors collate and, you know, Americans save the day. Uh, the ghost instead USA! Of, USA! <laughs> the ghosts, like, instead of being weird, ephemeral that you barely see, they're like super CG monsters that have this effect of like sucking your soul out of your face that you oh, see. Oh, lame. Yeah, it's like, it's very over the top, very much like, I think the premise is still pretty similar, but it's not as subtle as this movie. It's not like a noir film. It's an upright or an outright 2006 horror movie. Mm. Well, Japanese cinema did that thing where like people dressed in with long black hair and people dressed in black are ghosts. Yes. Like, and I, I think it loses a little bit with me when I like see a real person standing there and not some kind of not a CG monster, right. but like having more digital effects to really show that they are kind of ethereal. Ethereal. But I liked how ethereal. it like I watched this off of like a DVD, so it was whatever. It wasn't HD or anything, and I think that added a lot to it as well. I feel like if this was like a crystal clear Blu-ray cut. Well, I watched it. I watched the HD version on the yeah. computer, and yeah. I kept thinking to myself, this movie looks older than it is. Yeah. Oh, when it first started, it had like Godzilla like intro screens that had like the the noise and the the, the right. film, and I was like, oh, how old is this movie? And then I was like, oh wait, no, it had to be two thousand one is what it said. And then I started watching, it and I was like. I feel like this was filmed in like the early 90s. That's what it felt like. Yeah, but I think yes. it added a lot to it. I really liked the fact that it was blurrier and like low, almost like a lo-fi movie, you know? Uh, Maybe the movie actually took place in like 95, 94. No, but it only they had came those flat screens. Okay, yeah. Yeah, good those point. were pretty... Good point. Like, I don't even think they existed back then outside yeah. of labs, so... Well, I'd, I would recommend this one. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5, 8 out of 10. You know, I exactly match your ratings i feel that way as well I, I, my one complaint is it is a little long i it think is, it, you could chop 20 minutes yeah. off this movie and be better off for it um for sure i think the pacing it is whew. but once you like strap you know strap in for the ride i think it's enjoyable i think the concepts and the ideas really tip it in the favor of the positive I think. yeah even though it is long. Yes, it is. And I'm it dropping long. it down a point because I thought I didn't really quite know what it wanted to be at the end when it became like the entire world's like basically gone now and like planes are falling out of the yeah. sky and like like I'm gonna be friends with the ghosts and I was like, okay, wait a minute, hold on. Like and, the, and the, the the forbidden room didn't really have as much of an impact as they built it up to have. And I was yeah. like, wait, are these all forbidden rooms? Like what is like I feel like they had a lot of really great concepts that just at two hours, either lost themselves or just kind of like, oh, quick, let's turn it into this. So I'm gonna say a, I'm gonna say a 3.5 out of five or a seven out of ten. Maybe you you would like the remake then, because my understanding is in the remake they explain everything. But like I don't every little t every like open ended question like that. Of course, I don't think I will up, because I know? liked I yeah. liked the fact not knowing whether they were evil or if it was just kind of like this is a byproduct of like connecting the two worlds. Like I liked the like nebulous aspect of yeah. that when um, it became like this worldwide phenomenon. It kind of like. It went too big for me, mm -hmm. I think. I think I would have liked it better. Like, you know, like the grudge and the ring are very yeah. 
kind of consolidated like lo- locale storylines. For this premise, I don't think it would have worked if it didn't affect everybody. I agree. So. I agree. I'm not holding that against it. I'm just yeah. saying like there was points where I was like, there was a lot of loose ends that I was like, wait, why did we need to spend so much time on this thing? Yeah. I feel like, like I want to uh, watch it again. I think like on second viewing too, you'd get a lot more. It definitely feels like a kind of movie that you have to digest a little bit, which I like. You don't get that so much. I think you'll get sometimes. more out of the characters on a second watch for sure. I think you could remove the exploding plane and a lot of the stuff on fire. Yes. But you could still capture the emptiness of Tokyo. The emptiness of Tokyo. The, the, the chaos aspect that where the cars were on fire, the plane like was already on fire before it crashed. I was like, how is that happening? Like, that's the part that it reminded me of a zombie flick. Yeah. And I was like, wait, we've got our wires crossed here. Yeah. I don't know if they have like studio notes in Japan. I imagine they do. I don't see why they wouldn't. You know, they like, look, you need to add some shit here for the masses. All right. Like sprinkle some crazy shit in. And the guy was like, all right, here's, you know, that's what, that's what it feels like to me. Cause it does. You're right. It does feel out of place with the rest. Can we ramp this up up a little bit? Third act, man. Gotta go big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the time I was really like annoyed with it. Like, like, Oh my God, John, this movie is so long and boring, but like upon like mental revisit of it, I was like, okay, I see what they're going for. I wish it would just been a little bit tighter. Yeah, I agree. But I feel like I say that about all movies. Every yeah. movie cut 20 minutes off. I don't care if you're only 20 <laughs> minutes long, but you're in a one minute movie. All right. Well, it sounds like three recommendations then. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Anything else to add on it? Nope. Okay. Well, that's what we have to say about pulse. Go check it out. And please visit us at www.thegravetalk.com for more Grave Talk content. And you can also check out our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think about these movies. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. 